Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Well, hey guys, just again give you kind of a heads up as to the upcoming events. Uh, not this coming Sunday, but the following Sunday is August 4th. It's what we're calling our flip-flop Sunday. And so it's kind of a creative spin on our church picnic. And so rather than doing it outside the last few years and doing it, it seems like everybody gets sweated out. We're just, you know, it's like, man, we don't want to be out here in the heat and the sun. And so we're going to do it inside so we can keep it air conditioned. But we are going to have a fish fry. And so I'm excited about that. We've got hush puppies, French fries, uh, fried fish, and so all the good stuff that is terribly bad for you, but we're going to have that. It's going to be a wonderful time. And so uh, uh, come expecting, in fact, for that matter, invite somebody. Everybody likes a good fish fry. In fact, uh, one individual, he said he, he invited his lawyer friend, and the, the, the lawyer friend said, uh, you're having fish fry? He says, yeah. He says, well, what's expected of me? And he says, well, you've got to come to church at least. He said, you can't just show up for the fish fry. <laughs> so <laughs> invite him to church and then say, you know, after church, we're having the fish fry. So anyways, that's coming up. And again, we have our water baptism uh, during that morning service. And so if you have the desire to be water baptized, if you've never had it uh, been so before or just simply want to uh, do it as a rededication. Uh, you're more than welcome to do that. We'll have a, uh, the privilege of baptizing you on that service. Amen? All right. Are you ready to jump into tonight? Again, there's something that just is stirring in my heart, and really this is in preparation to get us ready for Friday night. If you recall, we've been saying that on this encounter night, we are just purposing to pursue God to have a hunger and a desire to know him. And God wants to meet us. He wants to, he wants to spend time with us, and he wants to reveal that he's a good God, a real God, a tangible God. And uh, again, it's just a matter of coming, expecting. And so I want to talk about the power of expectation upon coming into a service, having a heart of expectation. Uh, there's a young lady that works in the office on Tuesdays, and yesterday when she came in, she, she asked the question. She said, you know, I've never been to one of these encounter nights, and so she said, what can I expect? And so in the question is really the answer. She says, what can I come expecting? So first and foremost, that tells me that, number one, she's coming saying, I'm expecting something, but I don't know what to expect. So tell me or give me direction as to what I can expect. And also with that being said, that also gives the inclination that there's something that I can receive upon coming to this. So give me direction. And so tonight what we're going to do is we're going to talk about that as to what can you expect? And what is or how does the power of expectation connect me with God? Does that make sense? And so in that being said, I just want to again help you understand something in regards to God and his desire for us. In John chapter 10, verse 10, we've shared this scripture with you a number of different times. And Jesus says this. He says, the thief or the enemy, Satan, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He says, but I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And so in that verse, Jesus gives us some 
directives, but he tells us that there are two forces, if you will. There is a force or there is a power or there is the God side that is wanting us to experience what Jesus came to give, and that is life and life more abundantly. But in another definition, it says this, to experience the God kind of life or the life that God desires. But then Jesus says, now, there is something that opposes this kind of life. There is a force that is coming against this life, and it's coming to steal, kill, and to destroy, right? So that means that there is a force or there is a side by which God wants you to experience all that he desires for you, the God kind of life, and there is the enemy or the force of evil that is coming against you to try to keep you from experiencing the goodness of God. And so for an example or to see this play out in Scripture, I want to draw your attention, and if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, and we'll first begin looking at verse 23. Acts chapter 4, and first in 23. Now, this particular Scripture is catching up in a particular event that took place. And it begins by telling us that Peter and John were out preaching and telling people of the goodness of God. So Peter and John, they had walked with Jesus. They had experienced the goodness of God. They experienced that life that Jesus said I was coming to give. And so they're out telling people about Jesus. They're saying, man, God wants you to experience this life. Man, I'm living proof that God is good. And they're telling people of how to experience this God kind of life. Now, as a result, the Bible tells us that hell comes knocking on their door. And it says that all those that were in the religious leaders, they came against them and said, now listen, don't preach in the name of Jesus anymore. And the Bible says that they actually got locked up in prison. So once again, these opposing forces, God wants us to experience the goodness of his God kind of life, but the enemy wants to bind you up and lock you up and confine you from experiencing all the goodness of God. And so the Bible tells us that they were in prison, but then it came to the place where they decided, you know what, they've not really done anything wrong, so we've got to let them go. And that's where we pick up in verse 23. It says, and being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God in one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David had said. And they go on to share a little bit more in their prayer. But notice once again that when they came together or when they were let go, they came together and they begin to lift their voice. Now, dropping down in verse 29, it says, this is part of what they were praying. It says, now, Lord, look, at our, uh, look on their threats and grant your servants that with all boldness that they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders would be done through the name of our, your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart, of one soul, neither did any say that, all, uh, say that any of the things they, that he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And then lastly in verse 33, and with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. 
So, we said that God wants us to experience the God kind of life. What Jesus came to give, he wants us to experience this. But now, when it comes to us as the body of Christ or the church, there are some things that we begin to see that God begins to show us how we experience the God kind of life. And there's actually two different sides that we're going to look at. Now, first of all, we see that the Bible says that when they were let go, they were in prison. The Bible says that they came back to their own family or their church family, right? And then it says when they came together in their church family, they began to seek God. In other words, they didn't come and start complaining and boo-hooing, man, if you only knew what they did to us. Man, they just tortured us. They didn't feed us. They were just mean to us. No, the Bible didn't say that they came and started complaining. It says that they came together with their church family and began to lift their voice and begin to seek God. Amen? And then also we see that as a result of them coming together, they were encouraged. And, 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 and as they were doing so, the Bible says... <clears throat> That there was, as they sought God, they said, God, we want to see you demonstrate your power. Stretch forth your hand to heal. And that signs and wonders would be done for the sake or for your namesake. So notice, when they came together, there was an expectation. Right? When they came together and began to assemble together in their church family, there was an expectation for God to show up now I said that there's two sides to this two sides to church if you will now there is the educating side or the developing of wisdom and knowledge in God and then there is the empowerment side of helping us experience the reality of God so for just a moment I want to show you one side in Ephesians chapter 4 starting in verse 11 the Bible tells us about the ministry gifts, or in other words, concerning the church. He says this. He says that there are ministry gifts, apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and pastors. He said, now, the reason that they're there is to help you grow spiritually. So in order for you to grow spiritually, you have to gain wisdom and knowledge, right? Or you have to be taught. Now, upon being taught, you start to grow spiritually, and so as you grow spiritually, it says, then you begin to do the works of ministry or you begin to discover your purpose. And then it says, once you find your purpose, you ultimately begin to grow or build the body of Christ, right? So we could say it from this perspective that that's what a Sunday morning church experience looks like. You come to church, you're growing, you're learning, you're developing, so you're starting to mature and then as you start to mature as a believer, what you begin to find out is that you have purpose. And so that's when you start to see people starting to serve. They're in the worship ministry. They're doing greeting. They're working in the cafe. They're working with kids ministry. Why? Because they've started to grow spiritually. And now they find out, man, I've got purpose. I'm going to serve in church. And when I start serving in church, what it does, it begins to help grow and build the church. Right? And once again, this is where the misconception is oftentimes because oftentimes you'll hear people say this, well, when I come to church, I don't get to experience church for me because I'm doing this or doing that. But do you realize that as you begin to grow and mature in the body of Christ, it's no longer about you coming to church to get for you anymore? Does that make sense? 
It's about you being a part of the process to help people experience God for themselves. Because as you begin to mature, you begin to experience the God kind of life. And there's more to that that we're going to look at. But then again, on a Sunday morning, there you have the opportunity to help usher others that are maybe younger in the Lord, maybe just looking to find God. You're able to help them, take them by the hand, serve them so that they can begin to grow to find out that they have purpose. And ultimately, they help begin to grow and build the body of Christ. Does that make sense? All right. Now, right on the other hand, we see that these individuals, it says, now, when they were let go, when they had calamity, when they had stuff going on in their life, it says that they knew exactly what to do. Now, how many of you know that there's going to be stuff? I said that hell came knocking at their door. They were out preaching and telling people, man, Jesus is good. There's a life that you can experience through him. And as a result, hell come knocking on their door and try to bind them up and shut them up. How many of you know that as you start to live this life, hell's going to come knocking on your door, trying to bind you up, trying to imprison you, trying to get you over into a little corner where you'll feel sorry for yourself because of all the difficult things that you're going through? How many of you know that everybody goes through difficult things? We all do. But the Bible says that when they experienced difficult times, they knew exactly what to do, and that was to get with other believers and not complain about it, but say, you know what? We're going to pursue God, and we're going to pursue Him to experience not only the wisdom and the knowledge of God, but we're going to be empowered by God, and we're going to entreat God that He would begin to demonstrate and show off His goodness. God, heal people. Man, they want to they shut us down. Man, just begin to heal people. God, stretch forth your hand to do signs and wonders so that they will begin to see the goodness of you. We don't have to complain about it. All we have to do is just have you show up and show off, right? And so that's what this particular night or the encounter night is. Sunday morning is a service where we come and have the opportunity to serve people, where we have the opportunity to grow together. But then on an encounter night, we can come together and say, God, here's what our expectations are. Our expectations are for you just to show up. God, we're going to give you permission just to heal signs and wonders. Lord, move on our behalf because, God, we're just expecting you to show up you see when there's an expectation you give God permission to show up now if all you're doing is hoping and wishing you don't give any kind of expectation at all right if my if my wife says to me she says I've I've made you a great meal can't wait for you to get home baby now because of what she's told me I've already started to expect something right and so I, she didn't tell me exactly what it was, but I'm thinking, whoo, baby said she's made me some food. She said she's made me a good meal. I'm expecting something, right? And she's a good cook. But then I get home, and she says, here's your Cheerios. What? Yeah, I made you a bowl of Cheerios. That's not any kind of meal. So my expectation got diminished, right? Well, see, I've got to know that there's something to expect in order for me to have an expectation right and that's the way God is God doesn't leave you hoping and wishing he says this is what you can expect and they said God we know that you're a God 
that heals. We know that you're a God of signs and wonders. Now, again, what do you mean signs and wonders? God is just a God to show off. He just wants to show up. Again, we'll talk about that in just a moment just to help you understand that a little bit more clearly. All right. So, again, he says, I want you to experience these two sides. I want you to be able to grow spiritually. I want you to begin to grow in the knowledge of God. And the more you grow in the knowledge of God, then I'm going to use you to help edify, build up, and build the family of God because you've got purpose. He said, but then there's this other side where I want you to experience the power or the reality of who God is. Come on, how many of you know that? Let me just put it in these terms. Intimacy with God is that connection with Him, right? Now, do you know, you understand what I mean when I say intimacy with God, meaning just that closeness with Him. Well, if I don't have intimacy with my spouse, all it is is we're just roommates, right? We're just sharing the same house because there's something specific that makes my relationship with my spouse entirely different than all other relationships. It's the intimacy factor, right? It's ordained by God. And so if I don't have the intimacy with my spouse, then like I said, all I have is a form of a marriage. Where we see in the Bible, the Bible says that you can have a form of godliness but deny the power. And if that's how our relationship with God is, is it, all we have left is religion. And how many of you know that there's people that are religious? In fact, let me uh, share it this way. I'll not use the denomination. But there are people that, well, I will. I'll, I'll just, again, not for the sake of being offensive. But, you know, you'll have people that will say, you know, I'm Catholic. You know, are, are you a Christian? Well, I'm Catholic. Well, I don't want to know what kind of church background you have. Are you a Christian? Well, I'm Catholic. You say, well, you know, when it comes to, you know, you going to church or your, your, your upbringing or uh, where, where's your, your faith at? Well, I'm Catholic. Does that make sense? They look to the religion to define their faith. But my religion don't define, or my, don't define my relationship with God. It's my intimacy with him. And if all I have is a religion or a name of the church that I belong to, all it is is a religious acting or religious act that I have to perform. And there's no genuine relationship with God because, again, it's not about the church, the denomination, or the affiliation. God wants to have genuine interaction with you. And he says, I'm a God that wants to show up and show off. I want to be real in your life. And so we see these individuals. They said, God, we give you permission to demonstrate. Move. We expect it, right? All right, now look at what the Bible says here. We read over in Acts chapter 4. It says that they prayed, God, stretch forth your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders would be done in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. But then in verse 33, it says, And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of Jesus. So how many of you know that it's only through relationship that I have the opportunity to give great witness or great power to the witness of my relationship, right? When it comes to my children and I start to talk about my kids, if you'll talk with me for any length of time, you'll find out how much I love my kids 
and how proud of him I am. Why? Because it comes through in the power of my expression or how I articulate it. But if you hear me say, yeah, I got kids. You do? Yeah, got three of them. You got three? How many? Uh, uh, what are they? I got one girl. She's 13 and she's every bit of a teenager. Attitude and just everything. Then I got one that's 11 years old. Yep, she's a handful as well. And then I got my son. You know, and you can tell by the demeanor or the way that I express it that there's not genuine concern or affection. So the Bible tells us with great power, they gave witness to the resurrection. How can they give witness with great power? It's only through the relationship of knowing him and the confidence of the expectation that when they talk about him, he shows up. Amen? When they start talking about Jesus is the healer. They're talking to somebody in the street and they're sick and they're hurting. And and as they start to talk, they say, you know what? I know Jesus and Jesus is the healer. And you can start to say, you know, there was a time when I had something going on in my body and, man, God miraculously healed my body. Doc, doctors left me for dead, but I'm here standing living proof that God is a healing God. Can I pray for you? And I've talked about him enough to where they're starting to expect. And then when I say, can I pray? They start to say, you know what? Maybe there's hope in this God that they're telling me about. And maybe I can expect too. Yeah, go ahead and pray. And they may not even be in a position of faith, but because you have such great expectation, the power of God shows up and heals that person because of the relationship you have with him. Amen? And so God wants us to come with an expectation. How does that happen? Well, again, we saw that in regards to them, it says that they came together in one accord. So on Friday night, what are we going to do? We're going to come together. And the Bible says this. It says that if two are gathered in my name, I'm in their midst. So if it's just me and my wife, man, we're going to have a wonderful encounter night. Why? Because she and I showed up. And then as we come together, the Bible says that he'll be here with us. And it says that he inhabits the praises of his people. So what does that mean? That means that if we'll start to lift our voice, just like they did in the book of Acts, they lifted their voice in one accord and began to pray. Well, when we do that, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. That means that he settles down. He comes and he sits right down in the midst of where we are. And so, that's one of the things we're going to do. We're just going to worship God. We're just going to praise God. And not with a format of saying, okay, this is how many songs we ought to sing. We're going to worship God. And if it feels right and if it feels good and it seems good to the Lord that we just continue to worship God, that's what we'll do. Because right then in that moment, that's what God's wanting. And so as we begin to lift our voice and worship God, what does he do? He begins to settle down right where we're at. He begins to love on you. As prayer goes up, as worship goes up, he comes down. And so we're just giving him permission. Amen? Number two, we begin to pray, as I said, and give him a place to begin to move. And then we have our expectations ready. God, I'm going to receive from you. God, I'm going to come with an expectation that you're going to meet me. Now, what does that look like? Don't know. I just know that he'll show up. The Bible tells us that when they came together and they prayed, they said, now God move. 
And as they began to pray that he would move, the Bible says that the place began to shake. It began to shake. Now, obviously, we believe, or concerning the scripture, it shook figuratively, or not figuratively, literally. But how many of you know that God has the, the way of shaking things loose in your life? Just simply being in his presence, being where his power is, it has the opportunity of shaking you free from things that have a hold on you, that won't turn you loose, or whatever's going on in your life. God, we're expecting you do, to do some shaking. On Friday night, shaking is going to take place. Why? Because, man, praise the Lord, I'm going to get free. You say, I don't even know what I need to get free from. Well, praise the Lord, when you get in the presence of God, you can't help but get free. You can't help but see things differently. You can't help but be changed because of his presence in that place. Amen? And so I'm guaranteeing you that God will show up. So just come expecting. You say, what do I expect? What do you have need of? What do you want to see God do? If you have need in your body for healing, then come expecting to meet the healer. Amen? In fact... If you have need in your body for healing, that is going to be your night where you're going to see God move mightily and we'll see miracles. We'll see signs and wonders. You say, how do you know that? Because I just know God. He says, prove me, test me, see if I won't do. So we're just going to put them on display. Praise God. Amen. I mean, uh, well, praise the Lord. We're just going to see some wonderful things. Praise God. So come expecting. Amen? So what do you have need of? Maybe you have need of God to restore your mind. Maybe you have need of God to restore some things in your life. To rearrange some things. Put some things in order. That's the way that God has the opportunity to shake some things. Amen? Have you ever noticed that if... You ever bought a bag of potato chips and it seems like it was so full? But all you have to do is shake it a little bit and before you know it, the shaking starts to sift them and they start to get lower in the bag. And before you know it, you got a quarter of a bag of potato chips. And the only reason because is the shaking allowed them to kind of work them way into position. Well, the Bible says, I think it's over in the book of, uh, is it John? says that God will pour out himself and move in our life he says good measure pressed down shaken together and running over so God's wanting to show up and you might say you know what my life is so full right now I've got so much going on in my brain my brain is this full get into the presence of God God has the ability to shake some things to where your brain or your mind can get clear or you might think, you know, God, I don't have any capacity to handle anything else going on in my life. And God begins to shift some things and shake some things. And before you know it, it's like, man, I've got greater capacity on the inside. And God, you just filled the void. Amen? In fact, isn't that what the enemy does? He begins to present and fill our lives with so much clutter that we don't see that we've got more capacity to receive from God. And it seems as though there's not any void left to be filled because I've got so much clutter and stuff, confusion, and whatever else is going on in my life. But when God begins to shake, all of a sudden we find out that I've got a greater capacity to receive from God. And where it felt like I was full with stuff, after God shook things, 
I'm only quarter full of the junk, and now I've got three quarters of the way yet to be filled up with God, and therefore there's a greater measure of God than all the junk in my life, and now all of a sudden I see things better, and God just begins to turn some things around because there's more God than the junk that's in my life. Amen? In fact, God just has a way of displacing all the junk. Praise God. So, what are you coming Friday night for? What do you need God to do? Let's come with an expectation because when you come expecting, it is your faith in operation. Expectation is saying, God, I'm expecting you to show up and do something in my life. Amen. So let's just pray for a few minutes here. In fact, it's only going on five after seven. And so we just got a few minutes that we can pray. And we'll probably let you out early tonight. But nevertheless, we'll come ready for Friday evening. Amen. All right, give me some prayer music, will you? Praise the Lord. You can walk around if you want to, just in the auditorium and pray. You can sit where you're at. But I'm just going to lead you in prayer tonight. And all I'm going to do is I'm just going to pray in English. Because the Bible says that we can declare and decree. And the things in which we say we can have. And so, Father, we come to you tonight and we just pray for our Friday night service. We pray right now for those that would be a member of this church that would call this place home. That, God, that they would just find that they have the room in their life to come out to a Friday night service. Yeah, we all have things that we could do. We all have things that would take that place there's a, there's a million and one things God that we could find ourselves doing on that Friday night but God we're making the choice we're making the choice to make room for you and we're coming on a Friday night with great expectations and so God I'm thanking you right now in advance that Lord no person that comes on that Friday evening will leave disappointed no person that comes on that Friday night will come and say, you know what? I wish I would have done something different. God, I thank you that you are going to stretch forth your hand to heal, to do signs, wonders, miracles in the lives of those people that are in attendance. I thank you for divine appointments right now. Lord, just as we would have a doctor's appointment, just as we have had an appointment with work or whatever other things that we set time aside for, God, right now, we have an appointment with you. And if we have an appointment with you, you have an appointment with us, and therefore, we'll not be disappointed. For the God of the universe, the God that loves us so much, is the God that is going to show up and show off. In Jesus' name. <laughs> and so, God, we just make room for you right now. Lord, we don't come with an agenda, but we simply say, God, we want you to have the ability to move in that service. And that as we lift up the name of Jesus, as we magnify you, as we worship you, and as, as our praise and prayers are lifted, God, you'll descend and come and settle right in the midst of us. Oh, I thank you, Father. That as we come together in one accord, in one voice, Lord, you'll be there in attendance. Oh, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. And so we thank you for the anointing. That the anointing 
destroys the yoke, removes the burden, and sets people free. So devil, we put you on assignment, or we put you on notice rather, that Friday evening, there are those that are going to be freed for the last time and the final time and no longer be bound or afflicted by you. I'm telling you right now, in Jesus' name, your days are numbered. And so I thank you for freedom. I thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' mighty name. Father, thank you for the freedom for us to worship freely, to lift up our voice. I thank you that on that night, Lord, there is a unity that takes place within this church like never before. Whether it's five or 500, Lord, I thank you that on Friday night, there is a synergy that takes place as a result of us coming together. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're moving. I thank you. I thank you in advance. Oh, we give you glory. We give you praise, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yeah, I see that already, Lord. Ha ha. Yep. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. For that spirit of depression will no longer be. That heaviness will be broken. No longer to return. In Jesus' mighty name, we give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, as you're sitting there just with your eyes closed, just in this attitude of prayer, let me just talk at you for a moment just to kind of give you an example. As I was praying, I was thinking of this particular account. And it was when I was in Oklahoma, when I was in Tulsa going to Bible college, there was a particular minister that came and had a meeting. And so I went to this service just to attend. It was the first time that I'd ever heard the minister, but as we were there in the service, we obviously worshiped God in the first part, and then they began to minister. But just the entire service, you could just sense the presence of God from the beginning till the time that they begin to minister and then as they begin to minister the person said God's wanting to heal people's bodies and what I'm going to do is just simply call out particular areas of what God is doing and so the, the, the person said now if you have need of healing when I get to that particular part of the body, and if that's what you have need of, you just reach out and grab it by faith. And so as they began to pray, they began to say, God, I thank you that, Lord, you're healing the mind. And they started to talk about different things from the brain. And then they started working down in the body. They started talking about eyes, and they started praying over ears and over noses and over mouths. And just started praying from the top of the head and started working the way down the body now I didn't have physical need in my personal body but my grandfather was back home in Michigan and was dying of cirrhosis of the liver and I said God I said I'm going to stand in the in the gap for grandpa and so God 
grandpa doesn't know you yet and so he can't die yet because he can't go to hell and so father I'm standing in the gap right now for cirrhosis of the liver that you would give him length of day so that he could come to know you and so as I'm standing there I'm just waiting because the minister is calling out body parts and thanking God for the healing power of God that is being administered to the, the body. And so they began to continue to pray, God, thank you for that you're ministering to lungs. Lungs are being healed right now. Heart is being healed right now in Jesus' name. The stomach, the stomach, Lord, you're healing stomachs right now for whatever ailments might, they might be. Intestines, Lord, you're healing intestines right now. The digestive tract. And then all of a sudden they said, Lord, and now you're healing the liver in Jesus' name. And when the minister said, you're healing livers right now, the power of God came on me to the point that I couldn't stand. The presence of God was so strong on me that all I could do was sit down. I mean, it was, again, I can't explain it. It was just the heaviness and the power of God that came on me. As I left that service, I continued to monitor my grandfather. And my gra grandfather did not die until I had the opportunity to come back home. And my grandfather eventually came to receive Christ into his life. And once he received Jesus, he went home to be with the Lord. I simply share that story with you because when we come into a service such as Friday night, God's going to show up. The question is, is what are you expecting? Because he'll meet your need. He'll show up show off so let's come expecting amen let's pray a little bit more before I let you go father in the name of Jesus yeah thank you for that one that don't even attend this church that's in attendance I thank you that you're going to minister to them as well in Jesus name thank you father yep 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 Father, even as we begin to worship you from the beginning of the service, as the worship team begins to lead us, Lord, I thank you that, Lord, we'll go from one place to the next and we'll just progressively get deeper into your presence, that the presence of God will begin to descend and that it would be tangible in this place. We thank you for your glory. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that, Lord, it's just a demonstration of your love. And so we expect it. Jesus name in Jesus name thank you father thank you father in Jesus mighty name in Jesus mighty name in Jesus name in Jesus name praise the Lord praise God we magnify you Lord praise the Lord in Jesus' name, thank you, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I'll close with this last, with this last story. 
Reverend Kenneth Hagin was a mentor, an instructor, and a teacher in my life and my wife's life. And one of the things that the Lord said to him, he said, when the anointing is on your life and it's in, it's in strength, if you will, to put it that way, he said, you'll find that people will laugh, that they'll fall up under the power of God. He said, you'll see these things. And so he had came to Detroit, Michigan, uh, uh, oh gosh, it was several years ago. But I was sitting up kind of almost kitty corner to where Chuck is right there, up towards the front. And Reverend Kenneth Hagin, he was walking across the front of the platform here or across the front of the church. And I came with great expectation. I'm like, God, I want you to just minister to me and bless me and just pour your, pour your presence out on me. And so as I'm sitting there, I'm like, God, I'm here to receive tonight. And so Reverend Hagin, he was walking across the front. And as he got about right here from where I was, the presence of God just fell on me. And again, if you've ever experienced that, it's just, it's almost this, this weighty feeling. It's hard to explain. It's like the most awesome feeling in the world. It's like, wow, God's just, wow, God, you're awesome. And so the closer that he got to me, the further I sank into the chair. And then all he did is just came over and put his hand on me and just kind of began to pray for me. And so don't think it's strange if you feel the presence of God on Friday night because that's what we're expecting, amen? And when the presence of God shows up, things have to shake. Things have to move. So come expecting, amen? All right. Praise the Lord. Well, I'll let you go tonight. It's only quarter after, so you're getting out early. Take your wife, take your significant other to dinner or something. <laughs> All right. We'll see you Friday night, guys.
podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.